0: Remember, remember, the new moon in December, the sacred most season and blot. I know of no reason that the most sacred season should ever be forgot. But the most sacred season was forgotten. And for about a thousand years, we North Europeans have not known when we were supposed to celebrate the perhaps most important holiday of our region, that octennial festival of life and fertility and returning circles of light that our ancestors used to celebrate every eight years in the uh, ancient sanctuaries of their regions and areas. Today, however, we uh, are able to use contemporary scholarship to recover how this most sacred season was timed. And that is what this video is about. It's about announcing the time for our reopening of the Octennial Festival Cycle, which is in 2023, next year. The first time uh, many of us will be celebrating what we call the Year of Aun, after a myth about how this eight year timing emerged, uh, a myth about the King Aun of Uppsala. Um, because tonight is the Yule moon, that full moon that marks the ancient celebration of Yule, midwinter holiday. But one year from now, at the Yule moon of 2023, we invite you to uh, join us in recovering uh, the reopening of this ancient uh, celebration cycle, celebrating the aligning of the cycles of light. What happens next year is that the cycle of the moon aligns with the cycle of the sun in a way that used to call for that most important holiday in Northern Europe. So this is the reopening uh, of that cycle and the opening of what uh, we are hoping will become a series of different kinds of communications and debates on different platforms throughout this year, 2022, about the upcoming year of Aoun in 2023. A year of celebration for all kinds of Nordic polytheisms and animisms and related religiosities. And we are encouraging you to celebrate this. Uh, the celebration of this octanially recurring Nordic year of Aun disappeared uh, with the rise of Christianity in the north. It was the occasion that celebrated life and the abundance of the earth uh, had shared with us in the past eight years, and um, I've shared my reasoning on how to time this with a host of different scholars and uh, voices on the Nordic religiosity, primarily with uh, some friends of mine who know about this and we have spoken about this, um, the uh, scholar of Old Norse religion, Joshua Root, uh, Professor Matthias Norvik, the archaeologist uh, Elisede Jacobsen, and, uh, and we have been talking about how to, how to handle this, how to bring this into play. Uh, I've also shared this reasoning with a host of different scholars and voices on Nordic religiosities and the best brain in the world, brains in the world. And, uh, and on the whole, they buy this suggestion for how to do this timing. And uh, I will sum it off briefly in the end of this video. Uh, however, uh, importantly, I've found these perspectives to be of a nature where it didn't really kind of feel right to, for me to just fling them out as an individual along with all my other idiosyncrasies. So I've contacted heathen voices, scholars, people who are interested in supporting this so so that the main point of this announcement of the octennial year of Aoun in 2023 doesn't just come from me, but is backed by different people in no order of merit here They uh, are the ones that I've been able to find. Um, And we very much hope that more will join in and that all non-racist Nordics will contribute to this. Uh, I haven't had the resources to contact everybody that perhaps really ought to be contacted. Um, But these people here are backing the main points in my in my log- logic, at different levels, of course, but they uh, agree that my suggestion here is, one, it is a very meaningful contemporary way of timing these octennial uh, celebration, that it is, two, probably also the best current bit for how this timing uh, was done, also historically, and three, on this background, we choose and announce 2023 as the reopening, the recovery of this octennial cycle, 2023 as the year of Aon. And this is why we will be celebrating the opening of the year of Aon next year on the Yule full moon on January 7, uh, in about one year from now, one lunar year from now. So join us in one year from now on the Yule moon and marking this in your... uh, in your place and in your festivals and in your gatherings and so on. S-s- many of us will be making grand plans throughout this year 2022 to try to mark this occasion when the new moon of December aligns with the solstice on the next Yule uh, and the following moon then brings us that most sacred season, the year of Aon. We will mark this and hopefully this year 2023 will be a year of celebration for all respectful non-racist Nordics and we would like to encourage you all to begin those yarns, dialogues, thinking here through 2022 about how we can in our time recover this ancient and most sacred holiday. Um, so as I mentioned I've been uh, um, uh, dialoguing already with uh, friends of mine uh, about how to do this and uh, how to engage this uh, grand recovery of culture that we would like this to become. Uh, and we want you and your community and your bloat groups and your heathen guilds and kindreds and to participate in this from wherever you are, be that Mexico or Morocco or Minnesota and so on. We're calling um, to make this into a both global and but particularly also a local event. We suggest that we all raise our glasses and light our fires and blow our horns for at this time next year uh, and thereby participate in this important part of the pattern of creation, that alignment of the sun and the moon. And we're inviting you to do this in your kindreds and your blood guilds and your associations and behind your solitary screens, um, so that we do this in our little American homestead places and the forests and in the mountains in Germany and in our Danish hipster cities and in by the beautiful lakes in Northern Sweden and in the queer Loki and groups in Norway and by the standing stones in England and, and everywhere. So the call that we are sending out now is for all you, inclusive, and decent, Nordics oriented, polytheists, traditionalist, animists, and so on, people drawn to Nordic uh, heritage, um, that we are encouraging you to participate in the thinking and brainstorming and yarning um, and debate reflection throughout this year 2022 where we think on and figure out how can we in this day and age mark this octennial grand celebration in the viking age they sacrificed humans And we don't do that anymore, of course. That would be about as preposterous uh, for us today as the Christian blood baptism is to contemporary Christians. That was some kind of jihadi-style suicide mission ritual that was super important uh, in the first uh, formative centuries of Christianity. Like all humans, of course, Christians have developed and reflected on their traditions, and they don't do that anymore. Nordic traditionalists... Of any kind that I'm aware of, don't hang thralls in groves anymore, like uh, like we did a thousand years ago. We also don't attack England with axes. There's a lot of things we don't do anymore. But the uh, but the big question is how does it then make sense for us in a contemporary space to mark this most sacred season? And our hope is that we will do circles and discussions, and that will figure out diverse and beautiful and powerful ways for how to mark that most important time in Nordic animist reckoning. And I think we will engage each other in all kinds of ways and debates throughout all our podcasts and YouTube channels and blogs and Facebook groups and Discord forums and so on, so we can uh, start figuring this out. And I particularly suggest that we look for guidance in how to develop this extremely important holiday in the work of my favorite um, author at the moment, the aboriginal complexity thinker Tyson juncker He is talking about how yarning, uh, communal yarning rituals uh, into being, you know, in, in, in these community processes of relating with the land. And I think... That is the way to go about this, to look at the symbolisms in the celebrations, what does it say in the sources, the the symbolisms of how the alignment of the moon and the sun gives birth to a a year with an extra lunar month. Um, Hence, these cycles of light gives, you know, fertility in, in, in that way. Um and also how, um, how these celebrations used to acknowledge every single lunation, every single lunar month in the past cycle, perhaps with offerings of gratitude or of prayers for the coming eight year cycle. You know, is this uh, an occasion <clears throat> where it would make sense to, to do pilgrimages to regional sacred sites, a little bit like the Hindus do the Mela every 12th year? Uh, I think that would make sense. Perhaps some will make pilgrimages to the High Hall in Uppsala to meet the Disa moon on uh, the 7th of March in 2023. So please share this video with your crew online and see what ideas people have. And I'll get back later with more information um, and um, probably more detailed argumentations on this. And here's a little gift for everybody who wants to participate in this. It's not something you have to use or think with, just if you like it. Uh, And this is a graphic combination of the relation, the runes that represent the relation between the sun and the moon in the runic calendar in the last eight years. We made this here in the Nordic Animism channel, uh, but we're just putting it out. So uh, you're welcome to use it if you want. So here, uh, here follows just a little bit more of background explanation for this. Um, the medieval chronicles of Adam of Bremen and Tidmar of Merseburg they describe how Scandinavian heathens used to gather, with some years in between, in the most sacred places in their region. These two chronicles, chronicles, they mention uh, two locations for these uh, grand celebrations: Uppsala in present-day Sweden and Lyre here in present-day Denmark. Um, this is this is in. Sealand at Gammel Liva, an ancient sanctuary. And Liva is the uh, location where uh, Beowulf and Hrothgar and Wolfkage and the Skilding, that uh, Skilding's the, the line of rulers who counted their ancestry from Odin. And this here is a sacred stone setting around the place where people would probably be gathering for this octennial celebration. And uh, I find it to be a powerful place, so um, I think it's a fitting place to make this announcement. Current scholarship believes that these grand heathen celebrations occurred with an eight-year interval, what medieval chroniclers called in the ninth year. And this is a little bit like when we say in the ninth century, and then we mean in the 800s, or when we are now in the 21st century, and that's really the 20 hundreds, right? The reason is that they hadn't gotten a ra- this Arabic invention of the number zero into their way of counting, a little bit like we don't have it in our ordinal numbers. There isn't a zeroth uh, century. Jesus lived in the first century, the zero hundreds. Um, And this is a rather natural way of of counting when you think of it. It, Almost a little bit ludicrous, this idea that there can be zero oranges lying there. Like, it could also be zero shrunken heads from Javaron-speaking Amazonian headhunters. Or it could be zero little packages of that French charcuterie product, which is called terrine forestière. Zero is a little bit of a weird thing, right? Um, but, But anyway, the fact that there are zero zeros, (laughs) <laughs> in all ways of counting, uh, that is the reason that um, uh, medieval chronicles write every ninth year post Novem Anno, then and that then becomes every eighth year in our current way of counting. So every eight year, there were these grand gatherings of regional uh, festivals here in Lyra and uh, in Uppsala in Sweden, um, and um, I might pick get back uh, to with more detailed explanations of how come it makes sense to recover this uh, celebration cycle, specifically from 2023. But in this video, I'll just mention the basics. It's like this. Moon phases return to their approximate location in cycles of eight years. Today is the full moon here in January 17th, and in eight years it will again be a full moon around this time, and that is called the octatorus cycle. Pre-Christian Scandinavians operated a lunisolar ca- calendar, and therefore it makes sense that this eight-year cycle of returning years of celebration was somehow linked to the octatoris the eight-year cycle of the returning of the moon. There are two questions implied in this, however. One, what location of the moon in relation to the solstice would then define such a year? And two, there's a little problem because the octatoris cycle of the moon actually moves away from the date as these pass passes by. It looks good with the return of the moon to the same date after eight years, but it actually falls gradually out of sync as the octatoris pass, pass by in 57 years or so. And then what to do about that? My, my proposal for the first question is that it makes sense that the year of offering would fall on one of those years where the new moon falls closely after the winter solstice. There are more of them. 2023 is not the only possibility, it's just a good one. Uh, Because the alignment between solar and lunar cycle the sun and the moon following each other from maximum darkness towards fullness, that alignment would have appeared significant for people living in this agrarian society on a lunisolar calendar. And these particular years are years where an extra lunar month, a leap lunar month, has to be inserted around midsummer. And this then becomes this beautiful symbol, you could call it. Though there isn't actually actually astronomically more light. It is as if the alignment of growth in light in uh, in the Moon and the Sun gives us more summer, right? So that makes sense. But then the problem st- is still there that these cycles of eight years, as they pass by, the new moon will move further and further away from the solstice until it ceases to be one of those years where we need an extra 13th lunar month in summer. Um, just accept it, that that's how it works. When the new moon falls closely after the, uh, the winter solstice, then a lunar month has to be <laughs> inserted in summer in a lunisolar calendar. And hence, this beautiful agrarian symbolism actually crashes. Now, my proposal that solves this problem is the following. When this happens, when so many cycles of eight years have passed by, that the new moon has moved so far away from the solstice that we no longer need this leap lunar month during summer, then we add an extra year in one of these cycles of eight. So that then becomes a cycle of nine in that instance. Because when we do that, then the following year we're completely back on track. This happens like once in a while. The next time it happens is in 2079. This solution is hypothetical because there are no sources that explicitly states this. But I've had pretty much the best brains in the world looking at this. I showed it to all my wise friends, much wiser than myself. And it is the best existing suggestion for how this would have worked. It's very meaningful in the lunisolar calendar, but the strength of this proposal is really its simplicity from the existential position. It's easy to observe. In local communities, it's easy to handle. If you live in an oral based community on a lunisolar calendar, then this would be an evident and simple way to do it, and thereby you would maintain these cycles of eight years between the years of celebration in close and meaningful alignment with the heathen lunisolar calendar. So this is a kind of a brief explanation of why we suggest 2023 to be the year of our the recovery of the heathen cycle of um, years of celebration. So thanks for listening and share this video with your friends and see what they say and start thinking about what you, we, us can do about this whole thing. And... Uh, Thanks for listening and see you around.